0: What do you get when you mix flying, racism, and jumping? You get a good reason to watch movies after work. Hey there, guys. I'm Thomas Green. And I'm Alex DeVos. This is Movies After Work. Today we're going to be talking about the, uh, I don't know, not classic flop seems too gentle. Yeah. Um, train wreck. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Trainful of Orphans Wreck. (laughs) That is John Carter. The uh, Disney movie from... I'm going to say 2012, but it might have been... I can't remember when. Whenever they were trying to make Taylor Kish a thing. Yeah, whenever that year of trying to make him popular was that failed horrifically. Yeah. Um, Well, X-Men... It was the same year as X-Men, Origin Wolverine, where he was Gambit. Yeah. Um, where it wasn't so much that he was bad, he was just pointless. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more importantly, there was Battleship around the same mm, time. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, with, with Liam, with Liam, I'm not trying anymore. more <laughs> The,
1: the worst part about Taylor Kish is he, he's just, tr- he was trying to be the next, like, Josh DeMel. Or, jo- not Josh DeMel, Josh Hartnett. As, as, Either one of those, though. Like, Just trying to be pushed it's the It's like, so you've got lead. like
0: three years of making mediocre movies, and then you realize... Shut, shut your fucking mouth. Lucky Number
1: Slevin is a fucking classic that we at some point will 100% review on this show. <laughs> have you ever seen it?
0: I have not. All I right. watched the trailer for it and went, wow this really wants me to be confused even with the trailer I'll pass that's oh, so good but we're not talking about a good movie right now no no <laughs> uh, well no we're still not but um, we're first first let's dive into some trailers first we have the uh, with the Rowan Emmerich Pearl Harbor Oscar grab Midway this is what are your thoughts on this? My thought is literally, can somebody please give Patrick Wilson a good fucking movie to be in? Because he yeah. deserves it. Yeah. He he basically has The Conjuring. And like... Not even that, though. Like, people... Th- like... God, fuck those movies. <laughs> fuck that whole franchise. It's literally a whole franchise that's predicated off of hoping... That they never actually get taken to court for a lawsuit of doing a story about these people's lives without their permission. Because they basically, to win the lawsuit, would have to prove that ghosts are real. (laughs) God help me. That's the movie. That's the Conjuring movie I want to see. A Warner Brothers executive in a courtroom trying to make a case for the existence of ghosts. we We don't know what Annabelle Comes Home is about. That just came oh, no, out I just this weekend. So. No, I did. I do. I do. I I do, because I wanted to be like, can they make it even dumber? And oh my god, do they make it dumber? <laughs> like impressively. I'm I'm sorry if we're very scatterbrained this episode.
1: I chugged an entire can of energy drink and I like can see because like hear colors right now. Um <laughs> We're talking about midway. Yes. This trailer, to me, the only... It is a stack cast. Like, a a cast of pretty decent actors and Nick and Jonas. And Nick Jonas, yeah. And, <laughs> and they're trying to sell me no one in the
0: trailer other than Patrick Wilson. and Which is smart, because he is a fantastic actor. Problem he, is, is that if he's in a movie, I assume he's a great actor, mm-hmm. and the movie sucks. Yeah. At it's, this point that's what I assume with him, and I hate that I've gotten to that point. It my problem looking at the film is it looks like Battleship. It looks completely Well, it looks like Pearl Harbor. It looks like well, Rowan Emmerich does Michael Bay, which oh dear God. Yeah, no, you're not wrong, but I'm I mean it looks like
1: the um It just just completely digitized. Like, nothing in there looks like it's practical at all. It doesn't feel like it has any weight to it. Every scene in the film looks like it is completely 100% computer generated. And it feels like nothing that happens in the film is going to matter.
0: Which is weird, because it's supposed to be based off a true story. Yeah. And, and like... And it's Rowan Emmerich, so every now and then you get a cool shot. Mm -hmm. Like, her in the backyard, and her backyard is the Pearl Harbor bombing. Yeah. That's a fantastic shot, Mm -hmm. for the most part. But, that's the thing. He can usually, usually his movies, you can point to three or four shots and go, that's a pretty good shot. Yeah. Why is it in this movie? (laughs) So, yeah, that's... No, he's the, he's the Zack
1: Snyder of, like, the 90s, and mm. <laughs> Zack Snyder has good shots in overall terrible films.
0: He doesn't even have, he doesn't even have that. He has slow motion. <laughs> he, okay, okay, he has cool slow motion, then. <laughs> but yeah, so there's that movie. Um, next up is uh, Ready or Not, which just looks so weird. It's so weird, but I'm one hundred percent on board. I'm I'm spacing on the direct the actor's name right now, and it's killing me. But the um, uh, Henry um, Savale, I think, is his name. Okay, who plays the like the patriarch of the household? Mm-hmm. Phenomenal actor, love him. Uh, the place that most people are immediately going to think of him from is he is the um, the MI agent. From the first Mission Impossible, the one that's chasing after Ethan Hunt. Okay. Um, so he's it. he's the one in the he's he's the um, your mission should you choose to yeah, accept yeah. it guy from yeah. that movie. Okay. So he yeah there wasn't a, a, really anyone that I recognize from the trailer. Um, well, the, see, and that part of that is because you continue to not listen to me and watch Orphan Black because <laughs> Jesus <Christ>. the the. <laughs> lovable, slightly doughy dude with the crossbow uh-huh. is one of the fan-favorite actor series regulars from Orphan Black. Okay. Um, and he is... Everything you love about him in this trailer mm-hmm. is more so with his character on that show. Gotcha. See, Watch the fucking show.
1: But the, but this movie Watch is, the fucking show. <laughs> this movie is going to be an hour and a half. Orphan Black is like... Thirty hours of my time now at this point, <laughs> and
0: it would be fucking amazing. i sure hours. it will be. I'm,
1: i will get to it eventually. Well, I
0: promise not. you. You're not going to. Don't but fuck. It, don't fucking lie to me. It looks very
1: interesting. It looks the the trailer starts and you. It's a it's a family who like, seem to be, the creators of this like Milton the Bradley, like a Milton Bradley yeah.
0: empire except for they make like. Ticket to Ride, Settlers of Catan, yeah. more that style of games. Yeah. So they they make games to test how quickly you can get bored mm-hmm. then is what the family <laughs> does. Um, I just lost this like half our audience <laughs> mocking Settlers of Catan. Um, which now you, you, you put Cones of Dunshire in front of me. I'll play that shit all day. I don't even watch,
1: watch Parks and Rec. I got that reference. <laughs> oh, okay, yep, good. He just got a high five. Forgotten that reference.
0: Anyone who didn't get that reference, I don't fucking like. It. Um, so no, but the uh, the film or the
1: trailer takes a turn when you realize that uh, to be married into this family, this young girl has to, um, you know, play this game with them, and it's you know, seemingly an innocent game of hide and seek until she sees their bearing crossbones and accidentally kills a maid in front of the in front of her.
0: But it seems more like they it, it seems more like they it's a sacrificial like Cabin in the Woods style, oh, yeah, yeah. like like not that she's earns the right to be part of the family, but no matter what the outcome has to yeah. be that she's killed. Yeah. Yeah. So, it seems more along those lines, which makes it weird that anyone in that family is married <laughs> uh, th- that that part gets confusing, mm-hmm. but I'm sure w- watching the movie gets a little bit more explained, but yeah, it looks like some good camp um movie that's not super that's that's very self- aware of itself and doesn't take itself too seriously, which yeah with something with with a concept like this is pretty uh, critical yeah um that was Audra Audra McDonnell or not Audra I'm not sure she looks like Margot Robbie if you're talking about the the lead no no not the lead (laughs) but she does no I'm thinking about the the um the the mother um Andy McDowell okay is that Andy McDowell I can't remember honestly I have no idea I can't remember but the mother is someone famous too. um did you see your next the kind of slasher movie uh, where... I, I, oh, the, yeah, the, I know what the you're talking about. people
1: wearing, like, goat masks and pig masks. I know what you're talking about. I, it, um. it gives me that sort of vibe. And that movie I, I watched for a minute and kind of fell off of it. But it seems like
0: that with a more ridiculous premise. And well, it seems like I'm that, but that. not prou- so proud of itself that it can't have a good laugh.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, That's what i think what exactly. next had,
0: had some kind of tongue-in-cheek aspect to it, but... Yeah, I think this one is playing it up a lot more and I'm yeah. I'm way more on board for this one. They like the the guy pitched the concept to his friends and his friends said that's kind of stupid, anyway. I know it's gonna be great. <laughs> but it literally seems like that, which I have made that pitch to my friends. Yeah. I have made that pitch to my friends where I pitch them something. They go, "Thomas, that sounds stupid," and I go, "Yeah, fucking yeah, it does. It's gonna be great." Yeah, something else that
1: sounds stupid, and I'm kind of like, "Fuck yeah, it's, I'm on board." Charlie's, Charlie's Angels. Angels.
0: <laughs> yeah, I am confused. I'm so confused by how much I enjoyed that trailer. I I'm confused. I don't understand
1: why we are trying so hard to get Naomi Scott on board like on this a part of this team. Um I didn't understand in the trailer how she plays into
0: Well, she figured out she figured out some vast conspiracy that ma- that that puts a target on her head. So I think it's mm-hmm. more that she starts as being protected by the other two, gotcha. and it slowly evolves into her being a member of the team. I think it's that sort of a environment. That makes sense. Um, I really like the whole idea that Bosley's a code name, not a person. Yes. So you can have multiple Bosleys yes, um, I like that, as that well. each are in different locations. Um, after really enjoying her impersonal shopper, I'm actually really excited for Kristen Stewart in this mm-hmm. movie. She looks. Like, she's going to have a lot of fun. She, yeah. Um, and it just looks like she's going to be fantastic in it. So, I'm I'm actually really excited for her yeah. in the movie. Um, this looks like her most fun role
1: since that one where she was uh, the guy's boyfriend. Um, God damn. I'm, oh, the Kerouac so film?
0: The... Oh, God. I kind of want to just leave you dangling. Yeah, know uh, you're going to leave me hanging. Dude, you, I was about to say, yeah, have a smartphone, just so um, pull this shit out. Um, <laughs> I know what you're talking about, though. <laughs> but it's the Jack Kerouac, I believe, is the, the name of the author of the film about his, like, traveling the country with, with the two people. And she was the girl in the group. But it was, like, her, Garrett Headlum and I think Jack O'Connor? Probably not, though. I was but, yeah. talking about American Ultra. Where she's there oh, with uh, Jesse no, Eisenberg. we don't fucking talk about that movie. One, it's sh- <laughs> I know we one, don't talk about that shit. movie. Two, Max Landis can go fuck himself in Max every Landis way possible. Max Landis can go fuck himself. Um, <laughs> dude has never written a good movie in his life. and Chronicle is a good movie. Chronicle I will defend is a Chronicle. mighty fine concept. I yeah. think what made the film good... Was the fact that the director wouldn't let Max on the set, yeah. and probably let yeah, that those, cast those stories coming out is... exist with each other to create the chemistry. Yeah, the chemistry is if you didn't have the chemistry of those characters, mm-hmm. all their dialogue would have been super bland. Yeah, because um, like things like I 100 percent believe that Michael B Jordan in that movie going. That's right, the black man actually did it. <laughs> I 100% believe that was an on the day thing oh, not probably. in Max Landis' yeah. script. The the best stuff that comes
1: from that film I'm 100% certain is the director Josh Trank and
0: um Dane DeHaan and Michael B Jordan. The that yeah. film doesn't work without those. The, three. the the movie honestly shits the bed in the third act. Mm. The the third act where it's like him in yeah. the standoff where like the whole cuz in that third act the whole candid like video cameras and stuff like that motif starts to fall apart because they kind of lose the ability to properly frame it that way. Yeah, And the whole thing, it it all just kind of, it it just kind of shits itself in the third act pretty badly. I mean, I think it was a gimmick that kind of worked at the time. But it was a gimmick that worked in the time when people did it right, and that film was one that at least had a good reason to do it right. And it was early on enough that the trope was still new and novel, mm-hmm. but it was, yeah, it was definitely that everyone trying to do Cloverfield. Yeah. Um, handheld thing of like the Cloverfield bringing back Blair, Witch thing. Yeah. But, but Charlie's yeah, angels, yeah. Charlie's <laughs> angels. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, you're in for a fucking
1: ride on this, the, on this but episode. A,
0: you know, just like, Other things that are going to be discussed today, why should we be coherent and consistent? Oh, my God. No, I actually, I really, one of the things I'm really excited for is the fact that Elizabeth Banks is writing and directing the film. Yeah. Because I think she's a phenomenal director. Mm -hmm. Um, Even with what little we've gotten to see her do as a director, I think she's shown great skill. And as a writer, I'm excited to see what she's going to bring to the table. Because I think everything that's tolerable about the Pitch Perfect franchise that she produced, I have to believe that she brought parts of that to the table. Yeah. So. I I think Elizabeth
1: Banks is is an actress who's just getting, like, just better and better and better. And she's a person who's getting better in her voice acting and traditional acting and directing and writing and she just wants to stretch her
0: legs as much as possible and, and see what area She's, she works best in she is taking she is on a high right now and she is taking it for everything she can yeah she absolutely and if should. she continues to be smart about it in the next 20 years she will go from being elizabeth banks to oscar nominee or oscar winner elizabeth yeah. banks yeah absolutely, for sure so. But speaking of uh, things that get Oscars, let's talk about something that didn't didn't have a fucking chance in hell. <laughs> John Carter, based off of a book, which they had no right. Disney Disney had no right ever having it. Mm-hmm. Um, directed by a guy who'd only done animation and flat out told Disney that he was going to screw up. <laughs> He he fulfilled on his promise. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and it like, Wally best picture Pixar film, John Carter, one of the worst Disney films I've ever seen. Yeah, if not the worst, without without question. So,
1: I wanted to ask you a question because, okay, maybe you'll have more insight into this. Maybe you won't. I don't know if you were working in the theater at the time. Why did this film flop? We know it is not a particularly good film. It is a bad film, in fact. But why did this flop when there was so much behind it in terms of marketing and
0: in terms of it being a Disney live-action film? So it flopped because basically this is Disney pulling a DC, Mm -hmm. um, trying to abandon what they deemed would be ridiculous. And as a result, because if you rewatch the teaser and then the feature-length trailer... They skirt around the concept that he's on Mars. Yeah, and so as a result, in the trailers, they show him doing all of his jumping. Yeah, and he just seems like a dude who can jump really well, and it's really weird. And he's in the desert, and these all all these aliens. So maybe he's on an alien planet, but the the trailers are incredibly confusing. Yeah, they, they literally they were marketing only to the people who had read the books, mm-hmm. and. That includes members of my family, not myself. I, I own the book. It's somewhere over on this bookshelf that I'm staring at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's one of those books that I own. I always look at and go, I need to read this book, and then I get distracted. Um, the book is titled uh, Princess, the Princess of Mars, right? Yes, because it's the beginning of a. Uh, it's supposed to be the beginning of a John Carter series. Gotcha. As. This was supposed to be... But yeah, so it was, they were going to call the movie John Carter of Mars. I remember that. And then the director said he wanted Of Mars taken off for yes. this film so it wouldn't, you know, make people weary of going to see it. Gotcha. But then in all subsequent sequels it was going to be John Carter of Mar- Mars and then, like, yeah. a subtitle?
1: Yeah.
0: To... Co- co- uh, correspond. Go, correspond, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, correspond to... <laughs> To the, the book that they were adapting. Gotcha. Um, and I think as a... So they really isolated people. Yeah. They isolated... Like, if you didn't know the book, you this just looked like some weird garbled nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this was also around the time that people were getting, you know... We had gotten the second, maybe the third... Pirates film, okay. we hadn't gotten Lone Ranger yet, but we had gotten the second or third Pirate, so yeah. people, and we had gotten the Prince of Persia live action film with Jake okay. Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah. So Disney was not batting strong enough to sell something this vague and weird, Yeah, and they didn't have, while well, well now... You can sell Mark Strong is in this movie at the time you couldn't. Yeah, at the time there was no selling Mark Strong in a movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, He just was not well known enough yet. So all their all their like name power lived and died on Taylor Kirsch or however you pronounce his name. Yeah, the I remember distinctly
1: a a conversation or a knowledge of this was supposed to be John Carter of Mars and them dropping it and it becoming John Carter Mm -hmm. and John Carter does not sound like an interesting I mean I know they they're going for mass appeal but it's almost the same problem you have with Edge of Tomorrow live die repeat no one knows what the title of the film is and it's so well, mundane.
0: Well, and part of the problem for that part of the problem for that one is the stubbornness of the filmmakers. Like, mm. I get it. They want the title that they wanted and they were committed and determined. The studio wanted the title they wanted and they were committed to it. It someone just should have caved, yeah, so that way it just had one consistent title, yeah, that people could relate to, and it never had that. I think. And I honestly think, if the movie had been called John Carter and the Princess of Mars yeah. I think if it had been called that it would have been just it, like, it would have been even weirder of a title, mm-hmm. but I think it would have grabbed a few more yeah, just out I of think curiosity. it would have grabbed a few more people out of curiosity. Uh, people would have been able to see like, okay so, because they, you know, they wanted to pitch the whole concept as Indiana Jones in space, which mm-hmm. first of all makes me think you've never watched Indiana Jones, <laughs> but <laughs> You know, sell sell the concept that this is, like, a a throwback to the days of, like, old Flash Gordon serials or something like that. Yeah. You know, and you could market it that way if you had had John Carter and the Princess of Mars. Yeah. But just John Carter means nothing. So, my first
1: note on this movie is... Jesus, did I turn on Dune by mistake? Because they are trying so hard to do the to do this the same sort of high Mm sci-fi that dune did well
0: what do you think has been it's because of the whole like adapting novels that are from that same sci-fi pulp era it's kind of an it's inevitable if you're not being careful about how you're adapting it's it's taking
1: these things that are wholly unfamiliar to anyone other than people who have read the source material Mm -hmm. and making it Almost impossible to digest or comprehend. Like, yeah. I understand that Jeddaks or whatever are the highest position in a tribe or whatever of Mars. But I don't understand that until like a half an hour into the film. And when you just start throwing all of this shit at me, like, it's not that hard for me to wrap my head around that Mars is called Barsoom or whatever but like yeah th- that is literally like the first line of dialogue thrown at me it's 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 just baffling
0: really <laughs> um f- so my my first note was literally just so we don't know mars <laughs> because the, clear, like when they were writing this film they should have looked at the original material and gone well at this time yes you could convince people that there was oxygen on mars yeah Nowadays, you can't. Science has taught us things. We know better now. So, if you try to find some workaround of that, you know, try to, like, I think they should have found some way to embrace the period that it was set in, which I think was the right way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, But they had kind of kept the science for the kind of, sort of, maybe their narration um, mm-hmm. more accessible to modern day science, then it would have, wouldn't have been so ridiculous to start the movie with, this is Mars. You're wrong. It has oxygen. <laughs> it has this. It has that. Yeah. Suck it. <laughs> start the movie. I, th- I think this
1: movie was made ten years too early. Because if you marketed this movie now and you told me that Mark Strong and Willem Dafoe and Brian Cranston are in this movie, oh yeah, I would be so
0: fucking excited. No, they—you could have sold so many people on this movie. You, I mean, I don't know if you would have as John Carter. Maybe we can have that figured out before the end yeah. of the podcast. But um, <laughs> I also I noticed that. Oh, I know. We'll have Kit Harington. <sighs> Fuck yourself. <laughs> like we really need a John Carter that walks around the whole time going. Guys. Uh, He's just real sad. Guys. Where's the princess? <laughs> Can I? My name's not Virginia, guys.
1: There there were parts that legitimately I was like, this is not a terrible, like, this scene is not terrible. This scene makes me laugh. <laughs> When all of the aliens start chanting Virginia, I literally laughed out loud. That was a
0: legitimately funny scene. For for me, the problem was at that point, because I had literally at one point, I put every scene has the word helium. Mm -hmm. Jumping. And the miscommunication of him being called Virginia. Yeah. For like half the movie, every fucking scene contained that. It it was that (laughs) joke. So it it hit a limit for me. It did hit a limit for me
1: after a while. No, but it was that joke that like keeps getting told and keeps getting told and keeps getting told and was funny a little bit at first and then not funny for a very long time. And then hilarious half an hour later when all of the aliens chant Virginia. But that was... (laughs) That was probably my uh the highlight of the film for me. Um when we meet John Carter and he introduces himself as Carter, John Carter. My note was you're not James Bond, you're also yeah. not Gambit.
0: Yeah, no it's <laughs> I the uh no, I think my my favorite moment in the in the movie, my absolute favorite moment in the whole movie is there's the point where Carter like fucks up Royal near the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And right before it cuts, one of the alien comes up behind him and smacks him upside the head for fucking <laughs> up the, the same way, you know, the audience wants to, it literally that happened. And I was like, best moment of the movie right <laughs> there. That was it. That the movie just fucking peaked out of nowhere. And it's all downhill from here. I'm sure of it. Um, I, I loved the fact that for some reason in this, world at least for the Dominic West people mm-hmm. uh, it seems like your status in society was higher based off of how 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 clothed you were yeah because literally like <laughs> he's got like you've got the people that are like the lowest of the low on that ship in that opening sequence and they're basically just wearing a diaper running around waving their hands in the air yeah. and then you get him and he's almost completely covered in clothes. And it's just like, that's just weird.
1: The, the, there's so much about this film that's just weird. Um, my problem, and like I said, this film was made 10 years too early because they would have made a bigger deal when they introduced Brian Cranston. They would have made a bigger deal when they introduced Mark Strong. They would have made a bigger deal. They probably wouldn't, you know, ideally they would have done some like facial mapping for Willem Dafoe, so you know it's Willem Dafoe. Because I'm looking in the credits, and, or the cast, and I'm like, oh, Willem Dafoe's in this.
0: And Thomas Hayden Church.
1: And I'm listening to yeah, D- Tars Funkin, or whatever the yeah. fuck his name is, for, you know, 15 minutes before I go, oh, I've been enjoying Willem Dafoe on screen. Yeah. I just
0: didn't know it. Yeah. Um, well, and it doesn't help that for the first four or five scenes with him. He's speaking in that weird language yeah. that makes anyone's like, <laughs> I, it could have been me. And I would have just been like, who's that person saying that weird shit right there. Yeah. The fact that they
1: r- legitimately made him record that dialogue is just absurd. Yeah. Um, when we see Brian Cranston, I say, Oh, uh, why do I have a see- sneaking sus- suspicion? Brian Cranston is going to be used about as well as he was in Godzilla. I literally just wrote, why is Krantz in here? Uh, don't That's, worry. He's going to die off screen. We'll never see him again. Well,
0: here's the thing, though. <laughs> here's the thing. At this point in his career, this was this was about par. Yeah. It was, like, this was probably a right before filming. I would imagine this is either pre, pre-season one or during the break of season one, Breaking Bad. Or the writer strikes about to happen. I need to make sure I'm getting. I'm taking every job I can get my hands on to try yeah. sure of money. Yeah, uh, it's one of those two. Mm-hmm. It's got to be one of those two. Yeah, um, it, had to, it had to be right around that time. Um, Malcolm in the Middle money had all dried up at that point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think it had dried up. I think he just <laughs> you know didn't want to live on. You know, he didn't want to live on it to do random stupid crap. Um, but yeah, no, and then like half a page down later in my notes, I have, they dragged poor Sirian into this. Because then like, you, you know, you get the king comes in, I'm like, Sirian Hines, god damn it, dude. <laughs> like, you Don't worry, you only have to too. see him for,
1: one, for like two scenes in this entire fucking film. I know. But
0: still, it's just like, you, he can't catch a break. Yeah. You know? Like this, the, the shitty whatever is Steppenwolf and justice league. Like poor fucker just can't win. He just can't
1: that. My, my notes make about as much sense as this film right now. Um, <laughs> when John Carter kills, uh, this is another problem with the film, the, the proper nouns, because like, okay, I don't remember any of the, I remember helium mm-hmm. and that's it. I like I think it's tharks thrax
0: Thonks? thanks the, the I had the I had the subtitles on and I still couldn't tell <laughs> yeah, yeah me too because I, I could barely did. understand the our lead actor he just seemed like he was mumbling the whole time and and he is I think he it was that um I at one point in all caps I put stop grunting <laughs> and I know I know that's referring to him I know for a fact that is referring to him um this movie is way too fucking long. It's so long. Way too long. Um, I th- like. The I pacing a- the the pacing makes no sense. It makes no I, sense
1: its I, short where it should be long its long where it should be short we we get to mars incredibly
0: fast and then we just spend time like in the weirdest spots well, i don't even think we get there that fast i don't think we need to spend as much time to go this guy is a loner <laughs> he's a, he's a loner guys he 's a loner, so if you need him at some point to give a rowing speech to get a, a group of people to, to to get together to band together to do anything don 't think him because he is not a team player he is a lone wolf. Have I made this as unfucking subtle as possible? Can He's we start like, okay then I guess we can get to the next thing that might get the plot started. <laughs> He's a Han, he's basically Han Solo. They're trying. They're trying to. They want him to. They want him to be Harrison Ford. I think just in general. <laughs> I think they just in general want him to be Harrison Ford because they like we want to be Indiana Jones in space. He's a lone wolf like Han Solo, and he grunts the way that Harrison Ford does when he's on talk shows. <laughs> like he is, We're just trying to make him Harrison Ford. This
1: movie seems like
0: it is a hundred movies put together in the
1: worst versions of all of them. Yes, like. There's so many times in this movie I'm getting the vibe of the Scorpion King, the rock yep. Scorpion King, and I'm like,
0: fuck, I'd rather have that movie on right now. <laughs> no, see, what I got is I got, this is what happens, if, this is what would have happened if George Miller turned in Mad Max Fury Road mm-hmm. to Disney, and they said, oh, this is cute, but we need to tone it down. Let's make it PG-13. And can we do, like, can we make this in space? <laughs> Space stuff is really cool right now. Let's make it in space. And then you get this movie. Yeah. Cuz they also then he doesn't want to be involved, so they're like, um, grab somebody from animation and just set him in the director's chair. He'll be fine. Can we can we say who the who the best character in this film is? <sighs> who who do you consider the best character in the film? If you say the dog thing, I will <laughs> fucking garrot you and put okay. you out of your mis- misery my note is who's the best character in the film one two three woola
1: <laughs> yes the dog character <laughs> for, oh for fuck's sake
0: i'm not saying the most attractive because
1: we all know it's the princess
0: i We're t- <laughs> in any compa- i literally at one point wrote dog shtick is exhausting I found the dog to be exhausting. You're a dog person, dude. I am a dog person. <laughs> I love my dog. I even... At, I Even the next note was my annoyance at the fact that we're supposed to root for these green alien dudes. Mm-hmm. And we literally... We introduce the dog and then they start beating, beating up the, the dog. It, yeah. And I was just... Immediately I went, okay. So I officially don't root for anyone in this movie. <laughs> Everyone can fucking die. Let's just... Cut to reality and have all the oxygen leave Mars, and they can all die. And I'm just done. (laughs) But no, I. Oh, the fuck! That he's the most loyal character in the film. Good for him. (laughs) Get him a doggy treat and take him for a walk. Who's 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 your favorite character? Mark Strong. Yeah, Mark Strong is my favorite character because he's all he's all super mysterious, and then we get to him hanging out with John Carter mm-hmm. and he just becomes the smarmiest oh, douchebag. He's the best. And it's hysterical. So, and it like in a legitimately, I feel like this is supposed to be funny and they're succeeding sort of way. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna peel
1: back the veil a little bit and, and show a little inside bait you know, talk a little inside baseball. I was intoxicated while watching this film because that was the only way I was making it through. And I'm not the guy to cut to dissect and figure out the movie before we get there oh God what did you do? I'm the guy who just turns off his brain and I I don't turn that's kind of has you know negative connotations but like I just let the movie take me for a ride I don't try to figure out the ending before we get there. This movie spells every fucking thing out for you
0: well yeah when <laughs> when
1: they have him fighting the entire army of Throx or whatever the fuck they are and killing them interspliced with his family on earth dying. I'm going, thank you for letting me know our lead character can stay on Mars because he has nothing left for him on earth. Yeah. We, we like, we've oh, gotten we, we there figured, by that. We
0: figured that out <laughs> when, you know, he was a loner wandering around the wild west. Like, <laughs> and then,
1: When we meet Mark Strong and he goes, he's talking to John Carter and he goes, why even help them? You, you you don't, you're not from here. You don't have, you don't have a dog in this fight. I yelled at the TV. Exactly. Exactly. Get the fuck out of here. He's giving you, you're out. Go back to Joss
0: because you don't belong on Bar He had, he had a very, (laughs) he had a very clear, he had, exactly. He didn't have a dog in the fight, but he sure as well wanted to have his dog in the princess. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being more clever than anything in John Carter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not wrong. Literally his entire motivation for the second half of the film is I want to fuck her. Yes, yes. I should stick around. (laughs) Maybe I'll help them with this revolution sort of thing. So I can fuck her. Which is still better than Dune's the spice, <laughs> the spice. When John Carter jumps into her,
1: the, whatever room where she's preparing for the wedding. Oh, and she goes, "I'm sorry, this is this is so vulgar." This dress that she is adorned with for her wedding. I'm like, oh. how is it any more or less revealing than anything else
0: you've been wearing? For Literally, the film? at one point in the movie, you just like threw to get like took some bandages. And like, did like a figure eight around your chest to hold your to hold your tits up, but you left like a middle chunk out to show off cleavage, Mm -hmm. and now you're gonna be like, I'm so revealing. No, fuck that.
1: (laughs) The uh, this is the most clever that uh, John Carter gets. He's riding on the back of that giant alien with all the other alien babies, and he goes, "Where on earth am I?" And I, I typed, "Ha,
0: <laughs> great joke, John Carter." <laughs> yeah, yeah, good stuff. No, here's here's the quality of the movie to me. Um, around the time that they were in, I think it was based off. I'm trying to remember exactly through my notes. Um, because of around around the time that they're in the weird cone thing with the. Where they're making all the blue lights and figuring out some sort of weird, some energy thing that they never actually bother to explain. Yeah, um, the ninth ray.
1: They yeah. found the ninth ray.
0: Okay. <laughs> um. About that, I'm sure that would have been crucial in the sequel. That, uh, I'm sure one of the sequels, <laughs> and one of the franchise films, it would have. John Carter of made, Mars and the ninth ray. <laughs> oh, God, it probably would have <laughs> been something to keep everyone cold. out of the theater. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but it was around that point they mentioned Cave Full of Gold again, and I was, and I just suddenly went, Oh, yeah, the beginning, that was the cave he was in at the beginning was full of gold. <laughs> you guys have mentioned this like eight or nine times <laughs> since that point, and I just now remembered. Uh huh. Fuck you, movie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, this movie, like I said, the pacing is so strange. By the time we get to the end of the film, I went, Oh, yeah, I forgot about your, your, uh, your framing de- device with Discount Shia LaBeouf
0: from Spy Kids. Fuck you. Daryl Sabra is an awesome dude. I've actually... <laughs> I, have, I have met him. I have gotten to talk with him. I don't doubt it. He is a cool dude. and sure he, hey, he's great. Hey, even before I get to complaining about poor Cranston, <laughs> and, I put Sabra, you deserve better. Yeah, he does. But they're making him Discount he, Shia LaBeouf. He deserves better than... Hey, have you guys figured it out? He's Edgar Rice Burroughs, the guy who wrote the John Carter books. Have y'all figured it out yet? (laughs) That means that when he was entrusted with all of his uncle's secrets, he said, fuck that, I'm going to make a (laughs) dime off of it. Hey, hey.
1: (laughs) But he wasn't Ed, he was Ned. John Carter always called him Ned. None of this movie makes any fucking sense.
0: Like, okay, that's a cute little bit, but no, they call him Mr. Burroughs when he gets there. Mm -hmm. And his name is Edward. Edward yes. or Edgar Edgar Rice Burroughs yes. is the name of the author. So, as literally I get don't give the don't have no, no. the movie anymore credit. I know. <laughs> what I'm just saying, like no, literally, and I didn't make a note about it just because in my brain I was like I, I didn't want to dignify it, but we're here now, so I'm going to. Mm-hmm. But the second at the beginning of the movie when they called him Mr. Burroughs, I went fuck you. <laughs> She's like fuck you. Don't don't be that don't be that guy. Like literally, like the the funny thing to me is that. The framing device for this film... I feel like they watched it for Lone Ranger and went... We can do worse. (laughs) Like, that's the only thing I can give John Carter credit for. Their framing device is still better than... Weird, offensive, old-age Johnny Depp Indian... Mm -hmm. Who, for some reason, has been pretending to be a statue. (laughs) The... I hate movies... (laughs) Why do I like movies? Because I see, I feel like I don't. <laughs> no, I. No, I do. I love movies. Even both, even when they suck, I love them.
1: We both love movies, and you know we're we're both movie guys. But y- you are clearly the more knowledgeable one than me. But you have made me watch some fucking god awful movies have, since we started I this have. podcast. I I do not doubt it. <laughs> Like I said, I don't try to figure out the plot as we're going. I just let the movie take me for a ride. But everything. I just fucking p- picked up everything but at before the, same the movie time, got it.
0: kind of had to figure out where the plot was with this movie. Because <laughs> it didn't want to tell you as it was proceeding. <laughs> when he um, jumps into
1: the princess's you know, palace thing where she's getting ready for the wedding. And he has the device to jump back to Earth. And he's you know, starting the, the chant or whatever. The Oh, the, and he doesn't
0: finish it and they want you to believe
1: that oh he actually my God. left. My note is... Did he jump? Did he fucking jump? Oh, we're panning to
0: the ceiling? Oh, he's up in the ceiling. Oh, see, I just thought... I literally... I didn't even bother writing it down. I just... In my head, I went, just pan up. Just fucking pan up. I'm not an idiot. Pan up. Assholes. Pan up. Um, no, I, I... Okay, so... And maybe you can remember this part, because what I have written is a slightly unclear. Mm-hmm. Um but at one point he and the princess are like on a on a ledge or something i guess um early on in the movie like okay. after in but they never show that they're on a ledge you just kind of are left to assume because he's like pressed against her talking to her but they only show oh, them from the waist yes. up they never show if they're like on a ledge and were, i literally were they in the temple when they're in the temple no no well before that even
1: okay. um it was so, probably an excuse to show off taylor Kitch's arms because there are so many scenes devoted to, yeah, oh, his arms are really big, look at his biceps. <laughs> I swear to God, when they're in the temple and he puts his right arm up against the wall, like, oh, abs- obscuring yeah. her face pretty much, and I'm just like, yeah, Taylor Kitsch, look at that <laughs> bicep.
0: <laughs> Spent all the time, the grips, for setting up the lights, getting this guy ready for you, <laughs> audience, enjoy.
1: Well, I mean, it's PG-13. They're not going to be too uh, gratuitous. Yeah, that's
0: that's their mistake. It's <laughs> in the book. In the book, I believe John, I I believe the natives were for a fact, and I believe John also, that John Carter also were naked. Oh, I don't know for how much of the book, but for some of it, you see, it's just like Dune. Still yeah. wanted to come out just f- a fucking
1: flaunting it all. Yeah. <laughs> so. What else do you have to say about John Carter of Mars? John um, Carter, sorry. Let's not confuse the Well, audience. at the
0: end of the movie, they add in the of Mars, so you can go either <laughs> way with it. Um, I love the fact that we kind of, sort of, don't really bother to set up Thomas Hayden Church's evil green alien dude mm-hmm. as, like, an issue. Yeah. And then he jumps down to fight John Carter, and John Carter's just like, eh, you're beheaded.
1: Cuts his head, cuts him the fuck clean off. off,
0: in like half of it. <laughs> I literally was just like, "Oh, well, that was easy." They, it literally, I was waiting for the staples thing of the, like, hey, like I wanted him to land the head, the severed head, to land on the red button, and to hear the voice go, "That was easy." <laughs> I wanted that. I wanted that so bad. You, you
1: see like I said I was, I was a little intoxicated while watching this my note is oh my gosh was my reaction when he cuts that dude's head clean the fuck off
0: <laughs> brilliant brilliant so, great social commentary
1: now tell me did I black out for a minute or did we not get any resolution with Mark Strong's character until the in quotes twist ending because as I remember it he like he, kills he Dominic West, Mark Strong's character kind of kills Dominic West.
0: No, it doesn't he? Does
1: and it's actually a pretty badass death.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's he starts to do it to John. He starts to do it to John, but then yada yada shit happens. He pretends to be John to try to get the relic. Yeah. He and gets stopped. And Willem then Defoe almost cuts his head off. Cuts his head off, but he escapes. Yes. And. Then he's gone until he shows up at the end. Okay, so I didn't black out. They you just for, they just they they make him disappear in the hopes that you forget about him. So that we are yeah. like, oh my god, he's back. Yeah, the the one likable actor is back. <laughs> I'm so shocked.
1: My my other favorite uh, note that I have is, did they just make those people drink uh, drink salt water? <laughs> because they they're definitely like. This is, the, this is the water of the oceans that used to run, you know, through the planet. Oh, yeah. and they,
0: <laughs> I don't... It's, like, it's, they know.
1: It, this movie, in so many ways, is a worse version of Spaceballs. When, he, when wow. he's taking the princess with him, <laughs> bring only what you need to survive. Wow. The entire trek through the desert is bringing the princess with him in Spaceballs. The ending where she's going to marry Dominic West's character and then he's killed and she immediately marries John Carter is the fucking ending of Spaceballs. And you're welcome for having me make you realize that.
0: Alright, we're calling it tonight, folks. Have a good night. (laughs) No, No, I want to see... This is what I want to see, both in this movie, but I want to just see it in one of these kinds of movies in general because it never happens. He gives after he without any difficulty, kills off our, our B-villain that yeah. we never really invested any time no, or energy really into. Um, so after he does that, he gives his whole big rousing speech, which, first of all, this guy is not a rousing speech giver. It is not, is not in Mel this Gibson. actor's wheelhouse. <laughs> like, he, he is not Mel Gibson. He is not Vigo Morrison. He is not literally anybody else that you can think of who's... Given like a great, like, we're going in, you know, no Kenneth on Henry Alba. V. He's not Edris Elba. He's not even fucking Bill Pullman. Oh, thank you, I was, um, I was I was looking for it. <laughs> it was on the tip of my tongue. Thank you. But what I want to see, I want to see a realistic version of that scene where he's trying to give that rousing speech but he can't remember all the stupid fucking words for the races and the, what, like any of the shit. Cause he's like rattling off all these words on this planet. And I just thought bullshit. Yeah. You, you would be giving (laughs) this speech. You'd be vamping on your speech, trying to remember what these, like you're staring at these aliens, vamping for time in the back of your head going, what the fuck are these people called? (laughs) What is their name? (laughs) Shit. Shit! They are never going to come with me if I cannot remember their names, <laughs> and if I call them praying mantises again, they're not going to find it funny anymore. <laughs> Can Did you they, imagine if Kit Harrington had had to give oh that geez. speech? Jesus <laughs> Lord, <laughs> it would have had like ten times more crying <laughs> in it. The this had about the writing quality of Game of Thrones, at least the last season. What's hilarious to me is, I I so
1: vaguely remember so much of the marketing of john carter when it was happening and the only fucking thing that i remember like having any interest in was this gladiator scene at the end yeah
0: where he has to fight the white apes oh the him fighting the white ape that was basically the entirety of the marketing
1: and i'm watching the film for like an hour and a half and i'm like did I fucking make this up? Like, did I have just make this up in my head? And then it happened and I'm like, holy shit. I remember seeing this and it is what you saw in the marketing is the scene you got in the movie.
0: Well, I just like in general, the whole physics thing in this movie has no rules. Mm -hmm. So he, like, I love at the beginning of the movie where we're, we have to suffer through that. Like five plus minutes of him not being able to walk. Mm-hmm. And then he gets onto the rock, sees someone's coming, and immediately he can walk just fine. Oh, yeah. it's back. It switches back to Earth's gravity. No, and no, no, no. All but he it's had like, to do was like,
1: do a crab walk for a minute, walk around like he shit his pants, and then he is fine. Yeah, he's good. He's got it down.
0: Apparently. <laughs> but, no, and then we get, to the, we get to the gladiator scene, and suddenly he's able to just swing a boulder. Oh, yeah. And we're just like, what is the difference between... The majority of that boulder and just swinging the whole fucking border, boulder. <laughs> there was no learning curve for him. On there, this was, planet. there was no learning curve, but there were no rules for him to learn. Yeah. Um, that was the big thing. There, there were no rules to define what was and wasn't possible in this world. Yeah. And it was just exhausting to mm-hmm. put up with. Yeah. Um, what, what's
1: so... I don't know. What seemed the, the weirdest to me is the last five to ten minutes... I didn't hate at all. I, I Like... The twist ending was not a twist ending. Oh, of like, like he's, he's, he
0: wasn't dead but
1: he faked his death to... Well, well, when he's back on Earth and he's amassed his fortune and we which how it's it's basically a montage dude the cave of gold god damn it they said it about 12 times in the movie (laughs) oh yeah
0: well how the hell did he get it out i feel like he just walked out though (laughs) the the, dude i keep forgetting that cave of gold (laughs) that was he needed the sisters brothers that's who he needed to give him a hand Yeah, it's a bad movie that we we saw. <laughs> bad yeah. movie. The, not bad. It wasn't bad. We were just disappointed. Uh, yeah. There was a much better movie hidden in there, and they didn't make that movie. But, no, I agree. I felt like the end, especially once we got back to... Once it went back to Daryl Sabra reading the book, yeah. I felt like at that point they were like, all right, and as fast as we can to the finish line, yeah. guys. let's just, just... Quick as we can. Quick as we can. Come on, wrap it up. Wrap it up.
1: <laughs> it felt to me like that could have been... Maybe not in the entirety of a sequel, but, and when they are, when it's him and the princess married and the, we have our happy ending and then sequel,
0: oh, well, you forgot that the villain is still alive. <laughs> you know, if, if there had been, if, if this movie had been good and I wanted to see a sequel, mm-hmm. it would have actually been fun if we had stopped the movie at, he opens the tomb and there's no body in there. Mm. Yeah, that would have been fun because then you're wondering did he make it back to Mars is he actually alive Yeah. did we just do the weirdest Jesus analogy (laughs) in history because we still kind of (laughs) did and on the third day Jesus rose and he shot a (laughs) bitch he shot some dude in the back yeah shot a dude (laughs) in the back yes the dude was armed and about to kill someone but still shot him in the back um yeah, and I'm glad at the very end of the movie he spells out his plan because the timing at the beginning of the movie made no sense to yeah. me. Because so I was just like, wait, so is he an old man? How does he have a, mm-hmm. a nephew that's his age? Like, yeah. what? I mean, that part still made no sense. <laughs> and I will say, this movie, in the third act, once we start the big final battle in the church thingy, mm-hmm. once we stop having all the characters constantly talking and we just... Are having fun and just having action sequences, the movie gets a lot better. Yeah, I even actually really enjoyed the whole bit of, um, like the, the the one one of the alien dudes is gonna kill James Purfoy, who just really is trying so much harder than this movie deserves, <laughs> but um, and he shows him which side he's on. Like I like that moment I like Serian Hines realizing that they're all on the same side like they're fighting on the same side. Yeah. Although it shows kind of like the fact that nothing's going to get better that he goes they're fighting for us. Okay, <laughs> so you're us. not learning With shit. <laughs> you're not learning shit right now, dude. So you know nothing's going to get better. Um, I I wanted there to be a sequel solely because I wanted to see John Carter, get back to the palace, find the princess, and have that princess want to fucking kill him. (laughs) Just flat out fucking kill him. Like you've been gone for ten fucking years. Oh, she's not staying single. I'll be right back. Fuck you. I married James Purfoy. We have like three kids right now. Yeah, not He's, a not a chance. She's staying single. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. She's she's princess. Siri and Hines probably wouldn't agree to do a sequel. So she'd be a queen at that point. Mm-hmm. Can't have a single queen waiting for the husband to to show up again when it was because that, that was the other thing and they made it really seem like he was convinced like oh yeah I've got like it made it they really wanted you to think like her that he was wanting to go back to Earth in that balcony scene mm. like they really wanted it to set they, they were setting they were setting up some sort of back on Mars drama hard <laughs> like real fucking hard and the you know if it had been just uh, one more sequel it, No matter how many more sequels they did, one of the sequels would have included him taking the princess to Earth. Yeah. And that whole, like, third Planet of the Apes movie cliche. Complete with her, after all of her time of being like, oh, I'm dressed so gaudy, I'm dressed so, like, revealing and inappropriate. And then her getting to Earth. And finally, people going, yeah, cover your tits up. (laughs) But she wouldn't be able to understand them. But yeah, so I'm convinced, like, if, if there had been sequels, I don't think it would have ever gotten any better. I think it would have just been more and more convoluted in an effort to compete with... Because, I mean, this is a Lord of the Rings competition. Yeah. And again, it, 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 it boggles my mind that Disney is incapable of competing with the fantasy world. You have the Chronicles of Pride and take Black Cauldron, you can kill two birds with one stone. You can have your competing... Fi- like, franchise f- that's a fantasy film franchise, you can have that mixed with um, doing your whole we like to do live action remakes of our movies. Yeah. You can do both with one thing. Yeah. And it would be a good move. So fucking do it. Yeah. Just, you know, get, a, get good people involved for a change. Well,
1: it's... I'm free. It seems like... <laughs> it seems like they do not have an interest. And I mean, I, you could kind of make the argument for Pete's dragon, but they are not interested in doing live action remakes of, uh, animated films that were not incredibly stupidly successful already. Like we are not going to see, I don't think we're necessarily ever going to see a black cauldron remake as much as that probably would be pretty badass live action if it was done well. Um, I don't think we'll see any of the like B tier kind of middling
0: Disney animated features. Careful, because you're getting really close to insulting some really good movies. (laughs) No, no, Black Cauldron is pure shit. It is the worst Disney animated film, um, (laughs) without question. Yeah. Um, Mainly. Uh, well... Pocahontas gives it a run for its money. No, no, it is the worst because it's got a phenomenal. Like, I've read the books, I'm staring Mm -hmm. right at them. Um, I got a bookshelf right here. That's why I keep referencing it, folks. Oh, humble brag. Um <laughs> I have. Oh, no, I are do they cost that much money? Like <laughs> the fuck was that Ooh, about? Thomas can read. You can't, folks. Did you just admit that you can't read? Like, no, no. Not um, about okay. it. Anyway, I just um, put subtitles up for show. <laughs> Trying to impress people, <laughs> Black Cauldron, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it, it is the worst, mainly because it has a baseline. It's not like Meet the Robinsons or Home on the Range, mm-hmm. where it's a, an original idea that was shit that they made into a shitty movie. Yeah. It is a phenomenal, underrated book series that they dropped the ball on painfully,
1: yeah,
0: and. The fat, like they, yeah, they could get a five film franchise out of it, Mm -hmm. you know, something that's not too, too long, but gives them plenty of business, gives them something, you know, it could be there something for people to watch while they lick the wounds of not being able to make good Star Wars films, (laughs) you know while they have their little gap while they go do we really want to trust Ryan Johnson and the guys from Game of Thrones to continue Star Wars both really seem to not please people lately this seems like a bad idea on our parts yeah. I I legitimately think that the Game of Thrones dudes doing Star Wars that's going to fall through. I 100% I think I think Disney's just going to keep interfering until they quit. Yeah. I think that's going to be their goal. Well, like like we talked whenever we were talking about Dune, like Dune does not
1: work because it is because it is so high sci-fi and it does not know how to introduce you to the concept before it can starts to bombard you with so many names and so many proper nouns and so many So much shit that you have to digest so quickly. And John Carter, I feel like, suffers the same way. There is,
0: But it shouldn't. And the reason for that... like Everyone in Dune, all the characters in Dune, they're already there. They already know what's going on. Mm -hmm. John Carter is a fish out of water. So he should be like a... He should be like some sort of conduit for the audience. We should be introduced to to the concepts as he's introduced to the concepts. So... It's not... Like, Dune's the Dune's the biggest flaw of all that stuff, specifically because they don't have a fish out of water yeah. that they can use to introduce stuff to the audience. Mm-hmm. This had that, and it dropped the ball. Yeah. I, what would make
1: John Carter work? Like, do you think it needs to be weirder? Does it need to be more simple? Was it... It just didn't introduce the the proper nouns properly to us. Did it, what was its biggest
0: issue? Marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, first issue was marketing. Second, second was not just going for it. Cause I swear if, whether it was at D 23 or at comic con, Mm -hmm. if they had started the baseline with a teaser and a lot of concept stuff, at for the movie early in pre-production mm-hmm. so they could gauge the fanboy reaction, gauge their reaction on stuff so that way they could adjust and alter as needed, you know, take that sort of initiative. Then they could have come out with a stronger product a year later, yeah. you know, with either the final trailer or the teaser trailer, depending on how quick the production was moving along um, I don't. I I think there's actually a not so bad
1: movie hidden in this movie. I think it it suffers because it was not edited properly. I feel like okay. there is a pretty decent hour and a half long movie
0: in this horribly slow, nearly two hour movie. We didn't know how to make this kind of movie, mm-hmm. but the thing is, we never really have. Like the Flash Gordon movie with Max von Sydow, it's not. It is neither a good or a bad movie. Mm -hmm. It is just... It exists. Through all confusion, through all strangeness, through through all improbability, it exists. Mm -hmm. This film needed that dumb luck or a point in time where people understood what they were doing. Now, if you took this movie and you if you took John Carter and they decided right now to do it and they grabbed the Russo brothers, mm-hmm. they grabbed those guys that have a great understanding of how to do, do as much deal with a lot of stuff going on yeah. in a short period of time. Now how to mix action and comedy and you know, how to, how to mix all the elements that you need for these kinds of movies. You get a strong lead actor. Like if, If, you know, you do this movie around the time it was actually made casting wise, Mm -hmm. James Marston, who played um, Cyclops Cyclops. in the X-Men movies. He's a a perfect John Carter. Mm -hmm. He is a perfect John Carter because I could see him doing sort of the the slightly there southern drawl. Um, You know, he has that sort of. Looks like a man who was part of part of the system who abandoned it. And now is is learning to fight for something again. Sort of mentality. Yeah. I. Uh, but now that I say it, Russo brothers as directors is pretty much what you need for something like this, or at the very least, like if for some strange, weird reason, Disney called me today and said hey, we want to try again with John Carter, we want you to direct it, I would go, okay, uh, first thing I want is I want you guys to sit me down with the Russo brothers, uh, George Miller, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure who else, but I would have to think of, I'd probably think of one or two other directors and be like, I want to sit down with these people and talk to them. About building a world. About building a world, about introducing an audience that, you know, all this like exposition without it being without scenes that are nothing but yeah. just all the all the factors that play into it, yeah. um, and then yeah, like because really, John Carter is the only truly miscast character. Mm-hmm. Like the princess, the scenes where she's good, she is fucking good. Mm-hmm. Like that whole point where Dominic West comes in before the wedding, and she is just mouthing off to him. Because she thinks Carter's left, and she's just got this, like, fuck you, fuck everyone. <laughs> let's roll people, let's just... I was Like, I was sitting there watching that going, this is really good fucking acting <laughs> inside of confusing bullshit. Yeah. So, the, I like... Yeah, I think, I don't think it's impossible to do this, and if they tried again, as long as it seemed like they were more committed to to the reality of what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. I would be all for giving it a chance. Yeah. But again, I just don't think I think this is a this is something universal should be doing. Yeah. This to me screams universal. Cuz the universal, you know, they this could be their new 99 mummy. Yeah, like obviously yeah. not Tom Cruise mummy. That yeah. Was sh- that was <laughs> Dog shit, <laughs> but the the ninety nine and the 01 Mummy and Mummy Returns yep. like this is their version of that. Mm-hmm. You know, this is their new version. Of, like Disney is not the place for this because you know with Universal they can be a little bit more edgy. They can go for something that's not such a polite PG thirteen. Yeah, you know, PG thirteen is the way to go with this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it doesn't have to be so polite. It can be a little bit of a darker PG thirteen. You yeah. know, you can you can have stuff in it, whether it's the violence, the sex, whatever, that that's you can have it in there, have it existing in this world to give it a little bit more edge, a little bit more to, to invest and be interested in. Yeah, definitely Universal's PG thirteen is different than Disney's PG
1: thirteen. The the Yes. The reason this is PG thirteen and it's Disney is there's a you know, ex- excessive for Disney amount of violence. Amount yes. Amount of punching people in the face and beheading
0: people. Well, yes. And you've got <laughs> the more scary creatures in it than normal. And again, it was part of their, you know, they had the Pirates movies and then they had um, Prince of Persia, live action. So they'd already had some, some PG-13 franchise work under their belt. Yeah. Obviously not all of it hugely successful, but they had it. <laughs> Um, do you think this was their attempt at their sci-fi version
1: of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100% think that this was them. They were trying to be like, hey, so, you know, pirates made people go, oh my god, you can actually do a pirate film. Yeah. You can actually make a swashbuckling pirate film that hasn't been done since Errol Flynn. And I think their goal is to have people go, wow, we haven't seen space like this since Star Wars. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this was them, they were trying to, They were, can, I can't remember, can you look up when this movie was made? I can't remember, yeah, sure. 2012, 2015, something like that. So they weren't really riding any sort of high in the sci-fi industry. 2012, um, yeah. Yeah, at that point it was all about Harry Potter, Twilight, shit like that. Yeah. So, they're not riding anything's high. Mm-hmm. They're just there. Yeah. You know, they're just making this, which means that they're basically only competing with themselves. So yeah, it's absolutely it's Pirates of the Caribbean, but in space, and without the, the right collection and combination of characters to make it work. Yeah. What is your um final thoughts on uh on John Carter? Do you recommend it or don't go it? see it. Just dumb. You're not <laughs> using your Netflix anyway. So just don't even bother. Um <laughs> There are other movies to watch. There are other good movies to watch. There are um, other good movies to watch. There are lots of good movies out there. And there's also Orphan I Black. Is, <laughs> I don't know if Thomas is ever going to let me watch another good movie, but. Uh, no, we'll I'm make sure it sure Some of them are out there. We'll make it. Well, th- <laughs> the trick is we watch, you know, we watch good movies and we have watched good movies on here and talked mm-hmm. about them. And it becomes that trick. Again, I thought this movie, honestly, I thought this movie wasn't going to be this bad. Mm hmm. I thought this movie was going to be... Uh, it was a little rough, and it was kind of funny how, how bad certain parts were. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to be, I'm annoyed, how is this over two hours long? <laughs> yes, yeah. I didn't think it was going to be that kind of a film. Otherwise, I probably would have been like, you know, I'll watch this sometime when I just want to have something on in the background to make me mad. Yeah. We'll do something else.
1: <laughs> I don't know why people are so fascinated with, like... Disney, unless it's Marvel, you're not keeping me in a theater for more than two
0: hours yep. anymore. Oh, absolutely. Go
1: back to animated features that are an hour and a half and they're tight and they're, you know, funny and filled with heart and, if, uh, you know, everything else
0: and get me the fuck out of there within an hour and a half. If you're going to give me an animated film with Disney that's hitting, hitting over an hour 45, it's got to be uh, like Musker and Clemens directing it. Mm-hmm. Um they famously directed like Moana, Little Mermaid, like they're uh, Hercules, like they're they're yeah. some of the the better directors Yeah, that, everything you love from the, the Disney are, Renaissance. Yeah, yeah the, they ha they most likely had a hand in. Um mm-hmm. but And Treasure Planet. Yes. <laughs> Which really yes, it's it's a rough movie, but it's not as bad as people make it out to be. It's not as bad as John um, Connor. <laughs> No, it's definitely not as bad as John <laughs> Carter. Um, but it's, yeah, just don't watch it. There there are better movies out there. Um, again, you're not watching, your, you're not using your Netflix. No one uses Everyone has Netflix, no one uses it. Yeah. Um, because we don't want to get invested in any shows because they'll fucking cancel them. So, yeah. Don't, uh,
1: I, I would say don't, don't waste your time with this one. Um, if you saw it in 2012, you probably don't remember it. I, I hope we uh, we jogged your memory a little bit, but you don't have to. You don't have to go
0: back and, and watch it again. You're not really missing anything. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> I'm really stuck on who you would cast as John Carter these days, though. I
1: yeah. feel like you'd
0: go with somebody who has like Sebastian Stan. I would, he Dude, would also I, that be that a good literally John, John Carter. In my head. That was I don't. Literally he would be who I would want, but he's he's around that range of peop- of people to, that you would look at for that the, absolutely
1: a person who i'm thinking of who is not not the first person who comes to mind but not dominic west but dominic cooper i would yeah. not hate
0: him as, as uh, john carreyo well, i i just love dominic cooper you, i do too you just give me anything devil's double is one of the most underrated films i've ever seen can we do that next week is that a good movie Oh my god! No, dude, you you don't want to. That movie is good, but it makes you so uncomfortable. Like I sat there so uncomfortable. I wasn't I wasn't ready to talk about that movie for days afterwards. Um,
1: well, speaking of other movies that we've uh, we've watched, what's some
0: some stuff you we've been watching this week? To, um, to step away from John Carter, I watched this movie called Under the Tree. Uh, so fucking disappointing. So the trailer, the just to make it real brief, the trailer promotes this. It's a foreign language film, um, it's like Norway, Sweden, sort of area of the of the world, um, Iceland, maybe some somewhere in that area. This film was made, um, but the the trailer makes it seem like it's going to be a dark comedy, a la War of the Roses, where two neighbors, you know the. These neighbor couples get into an escalating fight that all stems from one wanting the other to trim or cut down the tree in their yard, mm-hmm. their backyard. And it escal you know, and it escalating to the point of like comedic over the top extremeness. Mm-hmm. Um That is not the movie. That you the the trailer made it a movie I was dying to see, and then I watched the movie, and it was not that movie whatsoever. So I was very disappointed. Yeah. Um, what about you?
1: Like the sisters brothers? Yeah. Looks like a yeah. looks like a funny uh, movie, good time. Yeah. And then you're left in the theater for over two hours, going, "What the fuck did we just watch? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah. sisters brothers is on Hulu. If you want to check that out, we don't, don't recommend it. Um, don't me, do it. I've been watching Good Omens. And Jesus Christ, that is the best fucking show that I have binged in so long. Anyway.
0: I've have, I've have not watched it yet, and two, now Thomas
1: is going to tell you about how he reads again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> two reasons. I, two reasons I haven't watched it. One, yes, I'm reading the fucking book,
1: which <laughs> I and I'm love enjoying to read. the book.
0: I will, I will read. I am thoroughly enjoying the book. Um, but no, my main reason is I don't know if they're if they're for sure doing this is a limited series that's just one and it's done. Mm-hmm. And if I watch TV shows before they've gotten a second season announcement in their f- of their first season, they get canceled.
1: Yeah. Well, Netflix, every time Netflix has every always time. said that they're gonna, they're going to cancel this. Yes. That's the, <laughs> that's the joke is that
0: People have petitioned Netflix to cancel this Amazon Prime which if, series. If you really thought that it was on Netflix and you knew anything, you'd be like, "Well, just give it a week and they'll cancel it." Because um, there's even if there is, it's not about lesbians in prison, so they're not going to cancel it. Um, but no, I do, I do fully want to because there's literally nothing. There's isn't a single cast member or crew member that I'm not a fan of this series has restored
1: my faith in binging series and in, in, in binging anything mm. because for so long and part of it is because of Netflix because Netflix likes to overstay its welcome with so many of its series because I don't need Jessica Jones season three to be 13 episodes uh, season one of good omens is six episodes you're in you're out they tell a concise Fast paced, really great story. Mm-hmm. Um, the first episode we get introduced to our leads, Michael Sheen as the angel, um, Aziraphale, and uh, David, David Tennant as Crowley, as Crowley, the, the demon. And Michael Sheen has possibly the best smile in all of Hollywood, and I like. He, he has, you might be right about that he has yeah. the smile of Johnny Depp in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory but he's not sinister it's a genuine smile it's, it's a yeah it's a, it's a sweetly innocent smile and David Tennant as ex- Crowley is the sexiest motherfucker on screen like he
0: walks with such a swagger and there is no such thing as a version of David Tennant that isn't sexy and yes I'm including him voicing Scrooge McDuck fuck off <laughs> Well, this this brings me to a question for you
1: because okay. I've stayed away from all of Jessica Jones because she really doesn't interest me as a character. Um, I watched the first two seasons of Daredevil. I watched the first season of um,
0: Luke Cage. I but I haven't watched all of them. I'm admittedly MCU. I'm admittedly very behind. I still have to watch season two of Iron Fist, mm-hmm. season three of Daredevil, season two of Punisher, and season three of Jessica Jones. My question is. Should I watch uh, season, season one? of, one of Justice Oh my god, yes! It is. It is second place in a photo finish to season one of Daredevil.
1: My hesitation is: I absolutely want to see David Tennant at in the villainous role because that's sort of what he plays here. But he's, mm. he's not on. He, the demon side. Let me be the bad guy in this series. Yeah. He is on Aziraphale's side. We, it is us against them. It is us against everyone else here. Um, David Tennant is probably the person you want to spend more time with in the series uh, because he is so goddamn charismatic. We spend a little bit more time with Michael Sheen, which is not a insult or a negative at all because he's just as fucking likable and mm-hmm. endearing in this in this uh, series, but. Absolutely, binging this series in the course of you know two or three days has restored my faith in if I like a series, I can finish it in a couple of days. I don't necessarily have to do what I did when I was in my late teens or early twenties and watch an entire series in one day.
0: Yeah.
1: But yes, highly recommend it. Episode two is probably the least awesome one because we establish every other. Character in the series that
0: carries the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. We we. That's start. about. I think that's about where I am in the book because I'm. The, um, Red just got the sword. Okay. Is where I am in the book. I'm like a hundred something pages in. Gotcha. And she just got her sword to like signify it's time. Let's do this thing. Gotcha. So I don't know.
1: They're pretty. they you might be pretty far. Because that's,
0: they they might kind of play with the timing of when people the, get like things. order of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could see that. I could see that just because. Well, because I, I know that they added a bunch of extra stuff in terms mm-hmm. of like them through the ages. Because mm-hmm. we basically cut to that, we cut from them watching Adam and Eve leave Eden. Yeah. Straight to. The day that um, the Antichrist is born. Yeah. Well, that's... That With is. only a casual reference back of, like, Crowley, you know, considering the 1900s boring or yeah. something like that.
1: Th- that is how it plays out in the series uh, in the beginning. Um, season, or, or episode three of the season is probably my favorite because they realized episode two, we had to establish a lot of characters that wasn't... David Tennant and Michael Sheen mm-hmm. so let let us let you spend a half an hour with them through the ages Bef, even before we do the t- the title intro like they do the intro 30 minutes into the episode I'm like I fucking love you for this thank you so much good omens so highly highly recommended. I or you can read it first you know what <laughs>
0: I'm
1: just I'm... fuck
0: you just fuck you what other movie news do you have um god I don't even remember what all... uh, Paul Rudd is going to be in Ghostbusters. Well, you sold a ticket for Ghostbusters. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Congratulations. congratulations. Um, Maybe at some point in the movie they're going to address the fact that he looks the same age that he did when the original came out in 1984. Uh, I do not care how much logic that makes. Mm -hmm. You know I'm telling the truth. Like, at least in the 90s, like, at least him when the second one came out. Yeah. Looks the same. Mm-hmm. Dude doesn't age. It's kind of fucking scary. Um, he's got like a Dorian Gray poster of himself as an old man. No one let him see in that. His, in his attic. And yes, never <laughs> let him see it. Um, the Do you have anyone else that you'd really like to see cast in this movie? No. I'm along for the ride. See, I really want to see um, Eliza Coop. Uh, she was in the like final two seasons of Scrubs. Okay. She was on the show Happy Endings. Uh, she was the female on that future man show on Hulu. Okay. I, I saw the first couple episodes of, I, of the first season. I of that. wanna see her as like the daughter, the annoyed daughter of Bill Murray, of Vankman. Mm-hmm. I wanna see her as a as a female Vankman. Yeah. Because I think she'll be fantastic in that role. That or that or you know, make her ooh, yep. Make her the daughter of Egon and Someone... No, no. Okay, I'm here now. I'm caught up. So, Moranis' character I'm totally spacing on and Ann Pod's character, yeah. they got married, yeah. had a kid, she is that kid. I'm on board. There we go. I'm on board. Uh, that's... I I just sold myself a ticket to the movie on an idea that isn't even happening. <laughs> Alright? That's how much I like that fucking idea. Yeah. No, I'm did i I'm on board for whoever they cast. I'm, I
1: agree. I, I'm... I'm not the I love the original Ghostbusters. I'm not a crazy diehard fan. I I like it for what it is. I've realized it's a incredible comedy. It's a cult classic.
0: Um I love it because it is a frame is a frame of reference for where you can tell the issues exist with a lot of movies these days. Because of the fact that it builds they talk about this a lot in the commentary. The commentary for this film, especially if you are a writer, I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, it has the whole concept of building a house as the metaphor of what you're trying to do when you're trying to do something ridiculous. So that movie, you know, the first floor and the stairwell and all that stuff is, you know, they get fired from their jobs. They have to get another mortgage. Their s- business is struggling. All these things that are happening to him during the first act Mm -hmm. that are 100% realistic. We can all relate to things. You know, it's not stuff that's, like, unusual. It's not stuff that's paranormal or weird and stuff like that. So, by the time you get to, like, even though, yes, you have the whole bit with the the librarian. Yeah. By the time you get to Slimer, Mm -hmm. so much stuff that's 100% realistic has happened. Yeah. That by the time that they step foot in that ballroom and see Slimer, or, sorry, by the time they get into the main that hallway and see Slimer, you're there. Yeah. You're there. You yeah. 100% believe them. You're committed to what they're doing. You're committed to what they're talking about. And you believe them enough that you're in that suspension of disbelief so you can just enjoy. Mm-hmm. You can just enjoy the comedy instead of them having to, like get you into the paranormal stuff or the tech stuff, and then they can continue on with the comedy. No, they can just stick with the comedy yeah. because they know they've done what they needed to. Yeah. So if they talk, you know, they start talking about how to use the containment chamber. We know that they're just, it's character dialogue. We're yeah. not sitting there, And they're having to over-explain everything so that way they can do... You know, they've got stuff going on in that. It's the, you know, it's the 80s, so everyone has a cigarette dangling out of their mouth. Which wasn't a joke in the past. Now it's a fucking hilarious joke. Now it's hilarious that you've got all these characters walking around with cigarettes dangling out of their mouths. Yeah, Yeah, no, them establishing
1: a very real world before we turn to a supernatural
0: world. They've already done the legwork by the time we get there. Um, but that's I that them doing that to make the rest of the film that much more believable, that is a big part of why Ghostbusters has the legacy it has, mm-hmm. especially since it was able to do that with roughly a year between Greenlight and Opening Night. Yeah. So That's crazy. Yeah. Um But yeah, so Paul Rudd, fuck yeah. Um Yeah, that, that's why I can't
1: think of anyone with, to cast because Paul Rudd kind of seems like a dream. Like
0: I didn't know I needed Paul Rudd in there, but now that we've I want him here. as the I want him as the Ackroyd. I want him as the heart because mm-hmm. you need the Ackroyd's the heart. Um, Ramus is the brains. Murray is the mouth. Yeah, and Hudson is the brawn. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the legwork guy. He is. Yeah. He's the roll up my sleeves and and get to it thing. And Paul Rudd to me is the heart. Mm-hmm. You know, you have him play your character who's the heart of the operation. Yeah. There's there's very few people who would have made Ant-Man work. And Paul Rudd is yep. the biggest reason that works so well. It works because he is so natural mm-hmm. as just a person. Yeah. Um, he doesn't seem like he's acting mm-hmm. when he's acting. And it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Saying aside from things that sound great... <laughs> So, uh, for people that are on Twitter a lot, you might have noticed that uh, Warner Brothers just announced a new head person, you know, a new head honcho. I believe it's the new head honcho for all of Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and obviously, congrats to her. Yes, it seemed a little bit like you guys were going, look, it's a girl. We hired a girl. (laughs) And you announced on Twitter, which to me says, we're going to announce it's a girl. Hopefully all of the uh, sexist douchebags on Twitter start verbally attacking her on there so that way we can start her career off with some pity. Mm-hmm. Which a weird way to go, but I, I, I get it. Uh, but instead they got bombarded with people demanding the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Do people still want that? Zack Snyder is... Might be the most genius fucking man <laughs> in the entertainment industry. This is a man who had everyone hating him for Watchmen and Batman v Superman, mm-hmm. but because of how he has teased and poked and prodded, he has literally been a like he like he has been everything that. A nerd wants without delivering it. Mm-hmm. Just about Justice League. So you've got a bunch of people who used to badmouth Watchmen, used to badmouth Batman v Superman, used to mock him for a uh, sucker punch, which should have gotten him an episode of To Catch Predator, <laughs> with the, what it makes <laughs> it seem like is going on in his mind. You know. <laughs> getting him teased when people go oh do you remember when he made that shitty owl movie oh my god he did make that um but basically he has a career that's not super respectful mm-hmm. like he struck it really strong out the gate with 300 with 300 and Dawn of the Dead was, yeah. sh- was shit but people still loved um zombies don't fucking run yeah um, plain shamble. and simple plain and simple they don't fucking run um, but so he had those and then he made nothing but bombs like they made the rise of the guardians or whatever the owl movie was called they yeah. made sucker punch and they were bombs and then he made watchmen and the fanboys hated it mm-hmm. because it wasn't accurate and because they know that if alan moore that it has alan moore's name on it They need to show him loyalty by hating it as well. (laughs) And then he made Man of Steel. And everyone went, well, you made a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, your Superman does not care about the lives of others. And that's kind of what we like about him. With so much
1: collateral damage that he had to explicitly say in Batman v Superman, the town is abandoned. Don't worry. Yeah. It's... And now... Justice League, Justice League came out in 2017, over two years ago. If I remember what month it comes out, I don't remember. But like, why do people still fucking care about?
0: Well, the thing that kills me is that he still that he is fanning the flames. Mm-hmm. He like people have video of him like being like, "Oh, it exists. It's real. It exists." First of all, no, fucking nothing. not <laughs> Second of all, if it did exist. And they haven't released it yet, mm-hmm. it's because there's something about it that they never wanted to see the light of day. <laughs> and it wasn't that it was good. <laughs> Warner Brothers is not hiding a good movie. Yeah. The you people are so fucking gullible and stupid. <laughs> if you want the Snyder Cut, you're a fucking idiot. Plain and simple. You had something. Well, speaking of our other favorite filmmaker, um, Bad Robot,
1: the uh, J.J. Abrams production company, is in talks to be bought by Warner Brothers for half a billion dollars. They can have them. Um,
0: Match made in heaven right there, if you ask (laughs) me.
1: It would potentially cancel a lot of projects he's making with universal or paramount or disney or anything else that is not warner brothers oh no and (laughs) jj abrams for better or worse and we would say worse has been the guy to restart your star trek uh, franchise before you take it away from him and put it back on tv where it belongs with discovery and restart your star wars franchise and i guarantee if his production company is bought by warner Brothers. He will be the guy tasked with, we have a DC universe that's a fucking mess, and there's only been two successful properties to come from it, and we'll see what happens with uh,
0: The Suicide Squad. We've got The Suicide Squad, which there's no reason to believe it's going to do better. Birds of Prey, which is going to bomb. Whoa. I mean, James
1: Gunn is involved with The Suicide Squad. I mean, you can believe it's going to be better. It's going to be better than (laughs) than the last one. It
0: doesn't mean it's going to be good. Yeah. Because they're all just, it's all just a clustered mess right now mm-hmm. because they don't know what they want to be consistent with. But don't worry, uh, Walking Phoenix Joker is going to be rated R.
1: <laughs> I can't tell if you're asleep or, or grabbing. I'm just whole, I'm just
0: <laughs> zen, trying to be Zen. Trying 12. to be Zen. Your soul is leaving your bes- body right now. I have no soul. I have no fucking soul. Um, <laughs> as all of my friends would tell you. All you of them. Um, no. Um, I the, the Yeah. He, realistically, he's either going to be tasked with trying to revamp DC for them. Mm. Or there is a worst case scenario that I hope to God is not true. A while back, Warner Brothers purchased the film rights for Jeff Smith's Bone graphic novel series. Okay. Um, Basically, Bone in the graphic novel series is kind of like clerks for the film industry. Mm -hmm. It opened the door. It it opened the door in a big way. To the independent market, mm-hmm. the the bone literally is this brilliant, beautiful f- series that was written and drawn, inked the works by one single guy mm-hmm. because it was done as an indie bit. Yeah, and then found a following that made Comic Con realize we need to make sure we're making space for independent comic book artists. Yeah, and so. Basically anything that you like, comic book wise, that is not Marvel or DC, you thank him mm-hmm. because he was the one that opened that got that door opened through writing this masterpiece. Yeah, they have the film rights at Warner Brothers. So my big worry is that they're going to go to JJ and say, "Hey, do you want to make these?" And literally, if they announce that, I. I will go to Hollywood to just piss on the front lawn of Warner Brothers. <laughs> <sighs> just broken hearted. don't go everywhere. back. They won't let you leave again. <laughs> oh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I've been in there. I know my way. I've been inside Warner Brothers Studios. I know how to get out. <sighs> just go up to the fucking water tower. I have to all over the Animaniacs. <laughs> um, that's where I belong anyway. Let's fucking face it. <laughs> um, but, oh, Village Roads, um, Village Road Show or whatever they're called, the, that production studio, mm-hmm. they bought the uh, film and TV rights for the video game series Myst, yes. which is one of my all-time favorite franchises in existence. Mm-hmm. It is, actually funnily enough, the video game world version of Clerks and Bone, um, wow amazing video games not sure how you make film or tv about them but i'm excited to see what they do there is a book trilogy so it could involve them adapting those okay but uh amazing video game franchise um i highly recommend anyone who's a gamer play them uh you owe to yourself to to play them they're just fantastic Mm -hmm. um yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with that. I'm not sure what. Um, but it does remind me that there's still, you know, we talked back, I think, in episode one about doing a list of, like, five video games we'd like to see as movies and yep. who would make them. So we keep talking about little mini-episodes, so Duas and I might just have to make each make a little mini-episode that's us giving our list of five. and Absolutely. Get those... Get that out there for you guys to, to go. Oh, listen to this later. <laughs> listen to this on the way home from work. Well, um,
1: t- speaking of things we're excited about, and the, we'll probably end with this because it's getting very very late. But we are prepping ourselves because we're going to the midnight release of Spider-Man: Far From Home. Oh, so excited! And we are both so excited. I hear I'm hearing nothing but good things. I'm. Just so incredibly stoked.
0: Uh, and uh, as I was mentioning to him earlier, big, gigantic fuck you to Kevin Smith and Patton Oswald, who um, I follow on Twitter. And they both talked about how there's some, some big game changer moment in the movie. And God damn it, I was just excited. I was just like casual excited for this movie as like a palette cleanser. And now I'm just like, oh my god, there's going to be something really fucking big. And then we're going to have to wait like who knows how long until we get another Marvel movie. So this is just fucking torture now. Yeah. Um,
1: and the next one that most people are thinking is going to be Black Widow, which is going to be a prequel.
0: So it's not going to establish anything moving forward. So anything. That we lay out the roadmap for. From, we from what we can tell, it's, it's a, a yeah, from what we can tell, it's a, a um, I believe it's in production, so. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. we get Black Widow before we get Eternals. Um, yeah, well, well tell- they're still talking about, oh, we're, they might be casting so-and-so in Eternals. The, the New person every week for that. Yeah. Uh, which, speaking of casting, is just a quick blurb. Do not. You shouldn't make Little Mermaid into a live-action movie to begin with, but do not fucking cast Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. Do not fucking do that. <laughs> Donalyn Chapman from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, that's who you cast in that role <laughs> if you're actually going to make that movie, and then fuck off. The <laughs> um,
1: Well, you can tell Patton Oswald to go fuck himself when we see him on uh, July 14th.
0: Holy shit, I forgot about that
1: too! And we need to watch a Patton Oswalt uh, <sighs> movie that week. And I know the first one to come to mind is Ratatouille, but I say Reno 911 Miami so that we can also see Paul Rubens and tell him how fantastic he was in that film when we see him come to Steel City Con in August.
0: I've got it all planned out. See, I was thinking we watched, like, Big Fan or something like that. We find some other (laughs) random Pat Nozzle movie to watch. We just find something really fucking random. I've actually watched Big Fan. Fucking weird.
1: (laughs) (laughs) On that note, guys, um, I'm sure next week our
0: episode will be Spider-Man uh, oh, yes. Far From Home. Yeah, it'll be Spider-Man Far From Home, so next week's episode will be a big pile of spoiler, mm-hmm. so uh, just bear that in mind. I mean, yeah, we'll wait. warn again at the beginning of it, but... We will warn again,
1: uh, but Spider-Man comes out on Tuesday. I'm sure we won't record until later in the week, um, so you have plenty of time to go see it before you listen. Um, if you want to contact us and talk to us about... John Carter or any of the trailers that we talked about or tell us why J.J. Abrams being bought by Warner Brothers isn't that bad. Uh, ha
0: You're um, wrong. <laughs> whoever tells us, us you're wrong.
1: <laughs> contact us on Twitter at movies work. Uh, contact us on Facebook at movies after work. Um, or email us directly at movies after work at gmail.com. Um, again, drop us any suggestions. Um, uh, we'll think about them for the next couple of weeks to come up. Um, for Movies After Work, I'm Alex Dues. I'm Thomas Screen. Have a good day at work together. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.